Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. The Probably the biggest insight I learned when I was going through that stage is don't hire for where you are, like where your business is now. Hire for where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So when you're hiring someone, you're probably going to be looking for someone who is currently like overqualified for what your, your te- how your team is running right now, but somebody who has that capacity um, to, to grow. So a rock star admin is that first um, key person that maybe is going to take on some, some of that uh, transactional processing load, take on some of the marketing coordination, um, and is really going to be kind of a catch-all operations person for your business. Now that's kind of in the first stage. Uh, and, and the key thing there is get that key rockstar admin and really start building a clear plan. Um, for me in, in, in my journey, probably the most impactful thing after being in coaching for five or six years was one group that I joined and they really had us get clear on developing a one page strategic plan okay. for the business. Mm-hmm. Because um, early in my career, going to all these seminars and workshops and things, I'd come home every time with a long list of all these ideas to implement. But success often isn't so much about just doing the right things, but it is about doing the right things in the right order. And so having a clear plan where you can prioritize and figure out, okay, yeah, which of these ideas um, are going to be the best ones to implement uh, at what time will really really help organize the growth. So that's kind of the first stage as a a team leader. Now, you know, once you have that small team growing and you want to continue to grow, what you will need is is a consistent, scalable flow of quality leads and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And this leads to what I call the second stage as the marketer, uh, where, you know, I've created the team. I've got agents who are hungry for more business. I feel responsible for their success and I need to generate more leads to keep them producing. And what that feels like is pressure. <laughs> it does, um, and and where you know that those that transaction volume might be somewhere between sixty and eighty transactions a year. Um, you know, you could have anywhere between three and five agents, and this is where you need to make another key hire. Welcome to the Real Trending podcast, where your host Tracy Velt, managing editor of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate each week. Brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts share their success secrets, trends, and lessons learned navigating this ever-changing industry. For more insightful interviews with real estate executives, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Hi, and welcome to a new edition of Real Trending. This one really focuses on real estate agents and their success, kind of how to get rich in real estate. And today we have Brett Jennings. He is going to talk about a plan that he put together. He put together a roadmap while building his team. And he goes through each stage that most team leaders go through where they are unsure of what their next step should be in order to increase their earnings, increase their volume, increase their transaction sides. And he kind of put together this really interesting step-by-step or stage-by-stage plan of who to hire and when 
and how that um, how that works. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the opportunities? So I hope you enjoy this new version of Real Trending. We're still doing the broker version as well, or real estate leader version. Um, but this one is going to focus on agents. Thanks so much. This is Tracy Velt, Editorial Director for Real Trends. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview with Brett Jennings, team leader of real estate experts powered by Side, located in California. Jennings was able to grow his company and be ranked number 30 mega teams by volume in the 2021 Real Trends The Thousand. Now, as Jennings reaches his next goal that he set 10 years prior, he's eager to share his roadmap for success with other real estate agents and give them the necessary tools to push them through to the next growth stage. So welcome, Brett. Well, Tracy, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So you're actually the first of a new edition of Real Trending um, that we're featuring sales associates and team leaders sharing their kind of how-tos and success secrets. And so I want to start by um, having you let our audience know a little bit about your team, when you joined SIDE, how, um, when you founded the team, um, just a little bit of information like that. Sure. Yeah. So, so my journey into real estate uh, and, and leading a team uh, began um, in about 13 years ago in 2008. Um, it was probably the most inopportune time to, to start a real estate career. Quite literally, I actually started on the mortgage side of the business. Um, I had some preconceptions about what I thought real estate agents were, and um, it, which 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 caused me when I ventured into real estate to actually start on the mortgage side. You know, I had, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, Modern Family, right? Which is uh, Phil Dunphy is a realtor on there. He's kind of a goofy guy, right? So um, I, I didn't think that was me. So I started on the mortgage side of the business. And my mentor at that time said, hey, if you're going to do well in mortgage, you're going to want to connect with and relate and, and, uh, and get into business with a lot of top realtors. Here's the list of the top 100 agents. Mm-hmm. Go get them. And um, I went through a process. It took me two and a half months, but I interviewed 42 of the top 100 agents in our county. Um, to, to, to solicit their business, a couple things happened. I recognized that the prejudices or preconceived notions I had about real estate agents, at least top agents, weren't true. These were people who were really smart. Um, they had great businesses. They had good lifestyle. And so that was the first place where an opening uh, or arrived in my mind, but maybe I could be a real estate agent. Um, and then as life would have it, you know, it was about maybe between 30 and 60 days in as a new, new loan officer in the business. And then Bear Stearns collapsed. Now, my wife was eight and a half months pregnant. And, you know, I, I'm in this new industry and you can't get loans done if you were a new, new loan officer for sure. Um, and so one of the agents, top agents that I was working with uh, said, hey, you know, I, I, I like you. I like your energy. And uh, I think you would do really well. Why don't you join my team? So although I um, was confident and capable enough to be an individual agent, my path into real estate actually started out on a real estate team. And I did that intentionally because um, my, my, one of my mentors was Tony Robbins. And he always said, you know, you, you, if you want to accelerate your results in, in business or life, find somebody who's getting the results that you want and then model what they do. So he was um, a young mid 30 year old agent that had a very successful business, was investing in real estate. And I thought I could, I could, you know, model this this guy. So um, that's, that's what got me into real estate. Um, so my first year I was on a team, he left the business, interestingly enough, the second, my second year, which forced me on my own. And, um, and, and again, at a time when the real estate 
business and industry was contracting and real estate agents were leaving uh, the industry in droves between that 2008 and 2011. But um, I think that was one of the fortunate things that happened because, you know, they, there's a saying that uh, great markets make bad agents and bad markets make great agents. So um, I didn't know what hard work was. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just did what I had to do to, to get by. So um, since then, though, that was 2008 and 2011, I really in earnest started building a real estate team mm-hmm. and, um, and sought out, you know, at that time, uh, Keller Williams was a, a, a team-friendly brokerage, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the first to put forth that model and really started building and iterating there. Um, and then about seven years later, we kind of hit the limits of what we felt like was the real estate team model mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then decided to launch our own uh, independent brokerage, but with the support of SIDE. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of SIDE's. Sides model, and so that was in um, about the, the end of 2018. Okay. And since then, we've we've uh, gone on to take my real estate team that was doing 100 and something transactions for 130 million dollars in business in 2018 to uh, this this last year 2021 looks looks like we will round out the year with all of our closed sales just over a billion um, in that period of time. So it's been an exciting journey. Yeah, congratulations. Um, and it sounds like um, your your brokerage, though, you are leading it as a team. Um, and how many people are on, um, you know, on your team at the brokerage? That's a great question. So I would call what we've created a team ridge. It's yeah. like a hybrid between a team and a brokerage. Mm-hmm. We, we offer the systems and resources and support that one would typically find at a traditional real estate team, but we offer higher splits than we would um, you know, you, then you'd find on a real estate team. So much more support than a traditional brokerage, higher splits than you'd find on a team. And the way that works is I still run a, my own personal real estate team called Brett Jennings Group. Okay. And that, that, um, that group, it consists of six agents. Uh, we did about 130 transactions last year for about 230 million um, in sales volume. And then there are about 60 other agents at our team ridge organized um, into probably five other teams of about five or six agents. Okay. And then um, another 25 or 30 independent producers that um, run independently, but leverage their business, the, the resources and support and opportunities that they find here. Okay, great. So um, I really want to get into you. Um, you built a roadmap to a billion in real estate business, and as you said, you're you're pretty much um, you know while we don't have the rankings verified for the 2021 data, which would be the 2022 rankings, um, you you know you're on your journey to a billion, which was a goal that you had set for yourself. So you built this roadmap um, that outlines it. So let's. Let's talk about first, what were some of the challenges you met um, along the way? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question. And, you know, um, challenges if looked at from the right perspective can can often create opportunities. And that's certainly what was the genesis and of, of the growth that we've had. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it really came about growing a real estate team. Um, you know, the real estate team model obviously has been around for a long time. And we had been running the team or I had been building and growing my team um, for about six or seven years. And I, I was finding the limit, the limits of the traditional real estate team model. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And the real estate team model obviously has taken root because it serves the consumer at a high level, right? Because customers are looking for that 24 seven on-demand experience that a solo agent can't provide. And then it also gives the agents the opportunity to, to pool resources and, and have people um, division of labor. So everyone can kind of specialize in their own lane and, and, and enables these agents to produce a lot of units. So, so our sweet spot was really working with agents who had been doing maybe three to 10 transactions a year prior to joining our team. And then with the resources and support and things, we could usually pretty, pretty uh, if, they, if they were the right, the, the right talent, um, we could really get them up to 20 to 40 transactions a year pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the limitation that we hit and the challenge was at about somewhere between the two and three year mark, um, these agents would get a little restless. Right. Yeah. And say, hey, Brett, you know, this has been an awesome experience. I am making more money than I've ever made before. Um, certainly doing more transactions than we've ever done before. But I kind of want to build my own identity and I would like to earn a higher split, especially on my sphere of influence. So we didn't have a path to growth for them. And um, Gary Keller was a mentor of mine as I grew, grew my business. And one thing he said to me was kind of an aha moment was your role as a leader is to consistently expand your world so that your best people can live out their greatest ambitions within it. And that was kind of ironic because um, I looked at my business and I said, wow, you know, I, I, I can't, I don't have a path to growth for my people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was operating a real estate team at a brokerage at that time, Keller Williams. And if for those agents that wanted to grow, they just leave the team and go to the brokerage. And, um, the, the thing that I saw was that they would go from doing, you know, say 25 to 40 sales a year down to like 15. Now, 15 was more than the five or eight sales a year they were doing before they joined the team. Right. But um, they and I, and I would connect with them because we still had good relationships. And I'd ask them, hey, you know, are, are you are you doing all that you want to do with your business? And they would say no. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, the, the team environment really, you know, with the leads and the support and the systems really made it a lot easier, especially the camaraderie and the, the accountability um, that, you know, I'm just not performing at that level now. And that um, combined with a couple of agents really pulling me aside and saying, hey, look, we want to make more money and can you help us do it, um, led to the genesis of this Team Ridge model. And um, we knew we had to, to kind of build our own real estate independent brokerage to do that. But at the same time, I didn't want to take on all the responsibilities of the E&L insurance and compliance and everything that goes along with running an independent brokerage. It's not rocket science, but quite literally, brokerage operations are a drag um, on on trying to build a fast growth sales organization. Mm -hmm. So that was where Side came into the picture and became a perfect partner for us because they said, hey, um, we'll, we'll let you create your own brand and you can file it as a DBA of of us and you can have your own brand out in the market and we'll provide backend support resources. But that aha moment really was, um, you know, really bumping into the limitations of the traditional real estate team model. Yeah. I think that that's um, a common denominator between teams and brokerages, honestly. I think, especially if you've got a small brokerage where you're um, selling, then it's hard to give up those sales to invest that money back into the business and grow it. But if you don't, you're going to remain stagnant. 
And um, it's kind of the same with a team model. You get to a point where you've got to figure out how to do that. So, yeah. Tracy, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And you hit on, you hit on, I think, you know, a roadblock to growth for a lot of either real estate agents or team leaders. You know, they, you can only go so far on your own. And um, if you want to go, what do they say? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. But that going together, when you bring people into your world and organization and you're going to pay them, your your percentage of net profit does go down. Um, now, eventually, those gross numbers of, of profits should go up. But there is that dip where people have to be willing to to take on additional expense and additional responsibility um, for the long term, longer term perspective of you know what uh, they can create. And I think for a lot of people, um, either they don't want to take on that risk or they get comfortable, um, you know, especially in our area in California, the price points are so high. You can really make a great living just selling, you know, a handful or a dozen homes a year. Yeah. So, um, but you have to, I think, find a purpose and a reason bigger than money. And, and, and for us, it, that, that for me personally was the experience of um, coaching and developing other people. So that's, that's really what um, is fueled provided the inspiration for me to take on that additional risk and then yeah. cross that chasm to, to get to that next level. Yeah. Well, let's go into your roadmap because you outlined different stages and the key hires and measurable goals um, to get to where you want to go. Why don't you talk me through the first couple and, and tell me which stage do you think is the most difficult? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So on our roadmap to a billion, and I, and I think our listeners will have the opportunity to download this, and it kind of articulates the stages of growth that I went through um, in kind of building this model. Um, at the beginning, um, you know, with, with a small real estate team of just a couple people, um, we, we you're, you're just, you're a real estate team leader. Mm -hmm. And typically your, your situation is you've created more business than you can handle. You need more help. You've pulled together what you feel like is a group of good agents, um, but without really a really clear plan, uh, systems and support to keep growing, you know, we find a lot of people will get stuck at that small team stage where it, it could be anywhere from 25 to 60 transactions a year. They've got two or three agents and it's challenging um, to, to, to get beyond that because um, you've got to put systems in place. And you, you need to hire, um, the, the key hire at that stage is a really good admin. And I think one of the things that mistakes that emerging team leaders make at that stage is they, I'll, I'll use the word cheap out on, on hiring the right person. Yeah. And the, probably the biggest insight I learned when I was going through that stage is don't hire for where you are, like where your business is now, hire for where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So when you're hiring someone, you're probably going to be looking for someone who is currently like overqualified for what your, your how your team is running right now, but somebody who has that capacity um, to, to grow. So a rockstar admin is that first um, key person that maybe is going to take on some, some of that uh, transactional processing load, take on some of the marketing coordination, um, and is really going to be kind of a catch-all operations person for your business. Now that's kind of in the first stage, uh, and, and the key thing there is get that key rockstar admin and really start building a clear plan. Um, for me, in, in in my journey, 
probably the most impactful thing after being in coaching for five or six years was one group that I joined and they really had us get clear on developing a one page strategic plan okay. for the business. Mm-hmm. Because um, early in my career, going to all these seminars and workshops and things, I'd come home every time with a long list of all these ideas to implement. But success often isn't so much about just doing the right things, but it is about doing the right things in the right order. And so having a clear plan where you can prioritize and figure out, okay, yeah, which of these ideas um, are going to be the best ones to implement uh, at what time will really, really help organize the growth. So that's kind of the first stage as a, a team leader. Now, you know, once you have that small team growing and you want to continue to grow, what you will need is, is a consistent, scalable flow of quality leads and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And this leads to what I call the second stage as the marketer, um, where, you know, I've created the team. I've got agents who are hungry for more business. I re- feel responsible for their success and I need to generate more leads to keep them producing. And what that feels like is pressure. <laughs> it yeah. does. Um and, and where, you know, that those that transaction volume might be somewhere between 60 and 80 transactions a year. Um, you know, you could have anywhere between three and five agents. And this is where you need to make another key hire. Yeah. Uh, and that is going to be somebody, either a marketing coordinator or a marketing specialist, because okay. trying to, to do, carry the load of production yourself is difficult. Um, and to, to continue those creating new lead generation campaigns, managing new lead generation campaigns. Um, and but that that's the core focus in that stage of the business is to master lead generation. You know where where I find a lot that first stage uh, of team leader, mm-hmm. merging team leader, is where many people get stuck. With the other stage where people get often get stuck is at the fourth stage, um, where they get to a team of you know eight or nine agents, um, maybe eight to ten agents. And the, the key thing that, that really gets them stuck at that stage is it's a lot of responsibility. Once you have 10 agents and a couple staff, it's a 12-person organization, it's a lot for one person to manage. If you want to continue to grow, for me, the, the hire that changed my life was a sales manager. And that person could help both onboard agents, recruit agents, hold them accountable because uh, my calendar just was getting completely covered up uh, by one-on-one meetings with, with my existing agents and, and what I call got a minutes. Yeah. So um, that was the key thing at that yeah. stage. Um, so, you know, one of the things that definitely differentiates like kind of like your team ridge from a regular brokerage or a team from a brokerage and and we just did a study on this is um, you know, teams are a lot more profitable. And a lot of that has to do with the leads that they generate. Um, unlike a brokerage, well, some brokerages do generate leads for their agents, but a lot of them, it's kind of like you had alluded to in your in the beginning where the team members left to go out on their own and they weren't doing as much. Um, it's because they weren't getting those leads and that support. Um, so how do you scale that as you get bigger? Yeah, that that is, um, and that does become uh, the challenge as you're building and scaling a team is to find a good quality lead source that scales as you grow. Um, in the in the early stages for us, uh, we it was a combination. Like so, about forty percent of our business would come from sphere of influence. Okay. Um, another twenty percent would come from open houses. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and then about um, 30% of our business was coming from high quality online leads from the portals. It would be at Zillow, Realtor.com, OpCity, things, uh, you know, high quality online leads were, were a good growth engine for our business. Uh, and the other 10% for us was, was farming and um, how we grew the business. So once you find three or four pillars at work, and those just happen to be the pillars that work well in our market here in California, um, it, it's about having that discipline of consistently reinvesting uh, a portion of the profits back into the business. And a general rule of thumb is a minimum of at least 10% of your gross commission income going back into sales, uh, lead generation, I'm sorry, in marketing. Yeah. And that that seems to be um, a good formula. And the high end up to 15% um, if we're really trying to push the needle on growth. Mm-hmm. So that um, those are the lead sources that have, have been good and, and helped, you know, scale and I think are reliable. I think where people make a mistake oftentimes is again, just like um, we talked about the emerging team leader, sometimes you know not being willing to spend enough on quality talent for support. Sometimes they'll do the same thing with lead generation. You know, they're they're focusing on pay per click or Facebook leads, which there are some opportunities in there, but they're so far high what we call up the funnel and mm-hmm. early in their home buying searching experience that it just it takes too long for those people to convert. The conversion rates on on those types of things might be a half, one half of one percent, mm-hmm. where something like a high quality online that's online lead from a portal might convert, you know, at, at five to ten percent. Um, yeah. So although it, it costs a lot more um, and the sales cycle shorter, it can really drive the growth of the business. Okay. So let's talk about um, through your roadmap. What's what stage are you in with your team right now? Yeah. Great question. Um, I am uh, kind of between the um, leader and visionary stage in the business, which are stages six and seven. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the leader stage is now we've got a hybrid model for teams and independent agents. We're attracting quality agents every month. Um, The increased production is maxing out the staff. And sometimes it feels like the wheels are coming off the bus. Um, And that that happened for us in the third quarter of 2021, going from 470 million in 2020 to over a billion in 2021, it really taxed and tested, um, you know, all of our people. And the key hire um, for us there was uh, a really remarkable um, operations person. Somebody has real experience running an enterprise level business. Yeah. And that um, has helped us kind of um, elevate every one of our departments. And the last stage is, is, is the visionary stage. Mm-hmm. Um and that is, it, it feels like freedom. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I now got time back in my business and I, I can really focus on where, where we want this company to go and what impact or legacy that we might be able to, to leave, um, you know, and the impact we could have in our community. And that, um, the, the last piece there for me was to get a producing uh, a ma- manager, producing manager inside my own real estate team. Okay. Somebody to take over my role there. Okay. So let's talk about some strategies or, you know, or maybe common mistakes that agents make or strategies that you can help them with um, as they struggle to grow. Uh, you know, obviously the market is, is good. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people feel overtaxed 
um, you know, or stressed out because there's the inventory is low, <laughs> just trying to figure out their next steps. What strategies do you um, can you offer for those people? I think to, to, to grow a real estate business beyond yourself, you need three things. You need quality leads, mm-hmm. right? That, that a scalable lead source. You need quality support. Um, and, and then uh, once you have those two things in place, then you can really start looking at attracting agents or attracting more agents. Yeah. And so um, I think one challenge that, that some team leaders have is that if you're not generating at least 50% of the business for the agents on your team, and you're asking for a 50% split or more of the business, you're going to have retention problems because mm-hmm. it's, it's simply a value equation that, you know, someone they're willing to pay half their commission if you're delivering more than half of the business. And so that's um, one thing I think where people struggle. So but, but once you've got that quality lead source and you've maxed out and you now, you know, you, you don't have enough hours in the day to service those clients, it's about bringing in some administrative support to get um, that busy work off your plate so yeah. that you have more capacity. Yeah, definitely. Um, finally, my last question is, are there any trends in the real estate industry right now that may cause you to change course or just trends in general that you see impacting the business? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do see a trend happening that's pretty significant, and that is the percentage of business that's coming from either portals or uh, agent referral websites mm-hmm. has been increasing over the last few years. And um, you know, m- most of those sites they started out originally with a twenty-five percent referral fee, and that referral fee has been escalating over the years. You know, Zillow Flex, for example, now is a thirty-five percent referral fee. Thirty-five mm-hmm. percent um, referral fee on something like relocation where someone's handing you not just a lead or an opportunity, but a really ready to go client, that kind of a um, referral fee is justified. But yeah. when we're talking about just passing over a lead, um, it, it's hard. So I think we're, we're going to see that trend continue and that's um, creating margin compression in the business. Uh, it's one of the things that it's hard on the team leader uh, if they can't you know, make, make a profit, uh, much of a profit, off of their agents by the time they have to pay a referral fee and cover all of their expenses and have some profit margin for themselves. So that's forcing um, us and I think other teams to really uh, double down on sphere of influence business and then looking at both systems and um, developing a really good campaign around uh, sphere of influence. So that's, that's what I think is uh, a trend that's, that is um, happening in the industry. The other one that, we're learning about is real estate search engines mm-hmm. are now getting into like when we're talking about Google and Bing getting into the um, the listing distribution side of the business. There's currently an antitrust suit with Google. Uh, and if that swings in Google's favor, um, you know, that really, I think, could jeopardize uh, portals like Zillow or Realtor.com just because when consumers go to search, the first place they go is Google homes for sale. Yeah. Uh, then they go to Zillow. So if that, if that um, happens, that could change the game in another way. And, and I'm not exactly sure what the impact is of that just yet. Mm-hmm. But again, it, the, for, for us to insulate ourselves against it, or all agents for that matter, really you know, double down on, on your sphere of influence business. So when you say um, systems for that, 
Can you be more specific with that? Because I think a lot of people listening will want to know what exactly um, you're using, doing um, with that. Yeah. What, what what we I mean what, what all the marketing data suggests is that a really you know you, you want to uh, have a, have a sphere of influence organize it get it in a database and market to it consistently for us what that looks like is both digital print and social mm-hmm. um, and on the the print part of it we we want to make sure we get at least one postcard a month out to our sphere of influence because sometimes people aren't checking their email mm-hmm. uh, and they might not be on social so we want to make sure we're in front of them at least there and that's one one once a quarter they're getting a market update on another month they're getting um, what we call an evidence of success so something that uh, a buyer or seller that we've helped and lastly is um, a list of buyers that we're shopping for to help um, kind of as a memory jogger to remind them we're in the business and if they know anybody who's thinking of selling um, second to that on the digital front we really like homebot as a resource um, it is probably one of the best digital we feel the best digital farming tools because of the amount of engagement that it creates with our mm-hmm. um, our homeowners now homebot for those people who are listening and aren't familiar is a digital market update but more importantly it tells the homeowner how much equity they have and um, really actionable insights that they can you know if they wanted to move up what could they yeah. afford if they wanted to buy an investment property what what could they afford if they needed to refinance based on their current mortgage interest rate? How much money could they save? So it really um, elevates the agent from just providing information to providing insights. The other piece uh, on the digital side is, although that does just tell them their home value and equity, it doesn't tell them what's happening in their neighborhood market. So we always feel it's important. Everyone who owns a home that's mm-hmm. in your database should have um, a digital market update uh, for uh, the homes just in their immediate area that are that are selling every month. So mm-hmm. once a month, an email is going out for that. Um, and then lastly is is a, a digital newsletter, just with what's happening in the real estate market and in, in our area to keep our people informed. So that's um, that's what we do on the digital front and social. Uh, we encourage our our agents and um, we provide content for them um, to post to their um, social accounts. Mm-hmm. So that they can stay in front of their their people on a social basis, and we also make an effort to highlight the agents who are having success. It's easier for us to tell a success story about them than it is for them to toot their own horn. So, yeah, uh, that's how we we address them on the the digital print and social. So we're typically in front of that database thirty or forty times a year. It makes it hard for their friends, family, and past clients to forget about them. Yeah. Well, great. Um, that, that Those are all the questions I have. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think is important to note in the industry today um, for our listeners? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, real estate teams have been essential to the, the real estate business. They, they 10 years ago, we were saying real estate teams are the future. They, they, I think they are still mm-hmm. the future uh, as it stands now. Um, and, but it's probably mega teams, I think are, are this think this trend that's on the rise. And I think over the next four or five years, you're going to see, you know, four or five mega teams in every major city that are doing 500 to a thousand transactions or more. And, uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're not running one, then become a part of one because it's, it is the future. Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of, um, franchises and brands are, are, putting and implementing expansion teams and, and ways for teams to expand into other states um, and, and grow. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tracy, it was really great um, connecting with you yeah. today. Thanks for the opportunity to, to uh, sh- share and um, 
look forward to to seeing or hearing the podcast when it comes out. Yeah, well, thanks. I really appreciate your time. And awesome. um, best of luck to you in uh, 2022. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tracy. All right. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. To stay up to date on the current trends in the industry, subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more.